You're listening to Fiercely Courageous Conversations with Dr. Rebecca Ray and Monica Cade. This is a monthly podcast to help you rise above fear and express yourself authentically. Our intention is to create real conversations and explore why many women hold themselves back from being all that they are. Hello and welcome to episode four of the Fiercely Courageous Conversations podcast with Dr. Rebecca Ray and myself, Monica Cade. Our aim is to provide thoughtful insight around how as women we limit ourselves from truly expressing who we are and how this manifests into our professional and personal lives. In today's episode, we're tackling the topic of facing judgment. We'll explore how judgment limits us from doing what we love and how it keeps us small, particularly with uh, self-judgment. We'll also dive into where judgment serves a purpose and we'll discuss why compassion is the antidote for judgment. So let's dive in. Hello, Beck. Welcome to episode four. Hi, Mon. Episode four is so exciting. I know. What a a topic. Heavy. Heavy. (laughs) (laughs) We'll bring in the lightness too. Yeah, we will. (laughs) Balance it out. (laughs) I just had this image of like this surfer dude saying that in the way that I did. Oh, really? You did. You turned around like you just stepped off Bondi Beach. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Okay, so self-judgment. Let's talk about that first. What what does it mean for you, self-judgment? Oh, even just hearing you say that, in all honesty, just brings me pain. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, it means pain. Uh, the, the self-judgment that I have experienced and continue to experience and continue to manage, I guess, and, mm-hmm. and I'm much better at manage, manage, managing. I should give myself some credit for that. Self-judgment has really been, I think, a prison, I've been a prisoner of it. So mm-hmm. for me, it's been something that has kept me small, exactly as you said in our intro. And it's been something that has uh, stunted my growth and delayed me from putting my message out into the world. So I'm, I, I have a, I guess, a hurtful relationship with self-judgment. It's been something that I've really had to work on. Mm-hmm. What about you? I think for me, I mean, yes, I've experienced it you know, all my life and I still do. And again, like yourself, I think I'm more of the ways that I do it. And, you know, some of the other ways that maybe I did in the past have dropped away, but I think our mind can come in and find new ways of creating that self-judgment. And I think it's particularly challenging for me where it kind of presents itself the most is in the times where I think that I should be somewhere else in my life and I should be experiencing something different and I'm not. And that's when, for me, it comes up dramatically. I'll sit there and be like, oh, but I'm at this stage of my life. Why is this happening? And I judge that rather than maybe looking at it to see why this experience is showing up the way that it is. So do you mean that you judge yourself based on a version of yourself or a timeline, a life timeline that you're expecting to live into? Or do you mean that you're comparing yourself with others um, against where you expected yourself to be? I think more so on a timeline. I don't necessarily have a 10-year plan or anything, so not in that sense of a timeline, but I just I think in the way, and maybe this is like a subconscious idea that I have in the background of my head where I think, oh, I'm, you know, 
at a certain age, I, I imagined I would be doing X, Y, Z. Mm. And, and then I kind of rate myself in my head or have conversations based on where I think I'm further ahead or behind. And what's the impact of that rating? Like, how does it make you feel? Whoa, that was such a psychologist question. But um, I don't... Hello, Dr. Rebecca Ray. <laughs> Hello. Um, but how does it make you feel, like, when you when you move into that space of the rating yourself? Well, it's, it's all fearful, I suppose, and it, it makes me think, what am I doing wrong? And it makes me feel like I am doing something wrong. I think, like, because you asked me, do I compare myself to other people? I find that I only do it... I'm just going to use the example of maybe my career. Like maybe I think I should be somewhere further with my career, you know, having sure. developed myself in a different way or, you know, I've written, I've written a book which I haven't yet published and it's, I've been putting it off a little bit. So I think to myself, oh, why don't you just do it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can easily berate myself around that. And then the second part to that is then I'll compare if I start to look around myself then I'll be like oh but that person's doing that or this person has a family and kids at this point in their life and look where I'm at Mm. but then what I try to remember is that well what is it that I want in my life because I think the comparison game we forget to then stop and go what is it that I want in my life and am I moving towards that because I don't necessarily want the same things that everybody else wants. And so that judgment can only survive if I'm wanting to live their life, if that makes sense. Sure. For me, they're two different things. So I love um, where you're coming from with the second part, Mm. but I just want to distinguish how I'd see those things. So the first one is an internal self-judgment. And that's the self-judgment I was referring to that has created pain for me and that I've learned to manage much more effectively as I've aged. Mm -hmm. The second thing is a really valuable process of Mm -hmm. self-assessment. Perhaps that that would be the different language I would use rather than judgment. An, An assessment based on am I living by my values? Am I on my path? Is my life going in the direction that I want to go. And I think that process has a different flavor to it than the process of self-judgment. A self-assessment is a can be incredibly inspiring, it can be freeing, um, and it can be something that shifts you forward. Whereas I find self-judgment is something that is uh, makes us shrink, makes us close down, and then makes us feel if we, in case we needed another reason, not good enough. Yeah. Oh, I agree completely. And I, initially, just even listening to you say self-assessment, I feel that's so open compared to judgment. Like self-judgment, yeah. like you said, like you do close down and you think, oh, like everything becomes dark and you feel small. But self-assessment, it's almost looking at yourself in an objective way rather than, you know, saying, oh, I haven't achieved this, so that makes me not worthy. That's right. And I really think that that self-assessment is quite a crucial process in personal growth, whereas self-judgment can show up at any time, usually in an automatic way um, and an unconscious way where our minds start chatting away about all the ways that we don't measure up and we may not even be aware of that. So self-assessment is a far more conscious um, practice, I guess, which then allows us to uh, be able to evaluate are we on track? And if you don't stop and look, are you on track? Then 
you may not get the chance to be able to make the alterations needed to get back on track, whereas self-judgment is just constantly berating and criticising ourselves, or at least it has been for me and it is for most of my clients. And that process is incredibly destructive and really um, acts to shrink our spirits, I think. Mm, I agree. And I think over time, if we don't become aware of the ways that we do judge ourselves, we can actually stop ourselves from going after the things that we love. If it becomes a pattern that's so ingrained that we become afraid of just taking that step and having a go. Yeah, or we end up living our lives for somebody else mm, yeah. or somebody else's opinion, somebody else, what somebody else wants for us or society in general. But I have a question. Mm. What do you think? Do, do you think self-judgment is more destructive or facing judgment from other people? What hurts more? Hmm. In terms of In terms of its impact, do you mean? In terms of anything, if you were going to feel pain, yeah, is do you feel greater pain being judged by others or being judged by yourself negatively? Obviously, we're talking about negative judgment here. Yeah, I think I feel more pain through self judgment because right. it's probably a lot more harsh and a lot more brutal than what anyone else could say. And mm. for the most part, I feel that if someone says something about me and I know it's not true, I'm just going to be like, "You're an idiot." <laughs> like in my mind, that's what I would say. I love that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that out loud to them. Uh, sure. Just in my mind, I'd be like, I know that's not true and I'm not going to let you affect me with that comment. Yes. Yeah. What about for you? Um, I think that self-judgment for me has been far more pervasive in the past. So that chatter is almost has almost been constant at various times in my life. Um, so it's something that I'm very used to hearing. And I think that internal chatter has been responsible for doing things that are destructive in my life, like keeping me stuck. Mm. Whereas if I receive external judgment that's negative, I think I I have the possibility to react more in the present moment. Um, so initially I might react more strongly against it than I would to my own self-judgment. Mm-hmm. But then over time I'm able, able to separate myself out. But it all depends on who it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's say... Uh, uh, very occasionally I have the most wonderful audience on um, uh, Instagram in particular where we have the best chats and I love it every single day I get in there and have a chat to people and just see the comments that people come up with about how they're living bravely but very occasionally I'll get a comment where people or somebody might have responded in a negative way and if it's a stranger in that way, I may have a reaction for two seconds before I'm able to separate myself out from it. Whereas if it was to come from someone that I knew and respected and was perhaps in a position of authority, then I might have a stronger reaction around that that might take some management to overcome. Mm. So then what have you used to as a tool for self-management of that? External or internal? For maybe give us an example for both in case like our listeners experience one or the other. Sure. So let's start with internal because that's probably the one that starts first, I guess, as, um, well, maybe not depending on what kind of caregivers you have in your life. But um, 
I can remember my internal self-judgment starting very young mm-hmm. um, and I was a little bit pe- perfectionistic and always wanted to do the right thing. As an adult, what I've been able to do is be far more flexible and the way I do that is by um, doubting my mind. Mm-hmm. So by that I mean I have a very good awareness of the fact that my mind talks 24-7, but there's a very small period of time in that entire day that I that what my mind says is useful. Mm-hmm. So I am used to stepping back from my mind and checking in with is it is what it's saying right now helpful for helping me to move forward? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then I just let it play in the background. So that would be how I would manage self-judgment. Mm-hmm. And the second part to that is to come back to what I know as fact about my performance or about my uh, what I'm trying to put out in the world or whatever it is that I'm judging at the time. And what I bring to that conversation internally is compassion and kindness. So it's what I've really worked on over the last few years is a gentle conversation internally where I don't cop out, but at the same time, I'm very much more likely to say to myself, you're doing the best that you can. And hey, look, you've done some really amazing things that you should be proud of rather than getting caught up in a let's beat up more on Rebecca Ray because she's not um, up to standard. Mm. So it's a kind of softer conversation um, Mm. internally. And then the second thing, sorry, the other part for external judgment, I developed a rule for myself that I would um, only pay attention to people that were giving me feedback who I respected in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me to respect someone that's giving me feedback, they either need to have done what I'm trying to do before. Yeah. <laughs> so they need to have experience in what I'm I'm trying to do mm-hmm. or they need to be out living courageously in some way so that I um, feel like they have a right to be giving me some kind of feedback. And generally I'm just talking about a handful of people who – I would go to for constructive criticism because I know that, number one, uh, they know what they're talking about, and number two, their delivery is usually such that it's balanced and I can take it without having a meltdown. Yeah. I guess that also touches on how I think in our last episode we were talking about having the circle, the example that you gave us. So having the people that are closest to you, maybe they're the ones that you're going to take the feedback from rather than the people that are on the outskirts that really don't have maybe any professional experience or particular life experience on what it is that you're going through. Exactly. Yeah. There was something else that you touched on and I now I've slipped my mind, but um, I'm sure it'll come back shortly. Uh, it will. Yeah. I guess for me, when we're talking about judgment, I think it's important to note that judgment is normal. So we judge the world and other people and ourselves um, to merely make sense of the millions of pieces of information that we're presented with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. So it will what our minds do is categorize. That's what they do. So we can simply cope in a world where we are fired so many bits of information that somehow we have to process them. Mm. So it's not that judgment in and of itself is a bad thing. It's more, I guess, when we're talking about trying to live bravely and trying to put our message out in the world, receiving negative judgment from ourselves or other people can... Uh, be a blockade to progress um, if we don't know how to get around that. 
Yes, I agree. And from that point, I have remembered what I was going to say. What I really ask myself is when that little voice is chattering away saying X, Y, Z, I'll say, okay, Monica, is that really true? And the answer is always no, it's not. It's just like this little victim inside of me that wants, you know, to feel like, oh, poor me, this is happening to me. And, and I'm, I'm so aware of it now that I, at the moment I'm like, you know, that that's not true. So I can just observe that and let that be there. But um, I think that's also really something to take into consideration when we are looking at judgment from the perspective of it's not a bad thing. It does happen all the time. And when you were talking about Instagram, we compare ourselves based on the things that we see in the external world. Our, I think our social media has started portraying these kinds of lives that people are living or appear to be living and then Mm. people are seeing that and then self-judging saying oh but I don't uh, match up to that or I'm not there and they strive to attain that kind of a life yeah absolutely well I think they're doing two things Mon I think they're that you know everyone's highlight reel can cause us to Mm. self-judge thanks to social media feeds but I also think what the internet presents us with um, is another challenge where people are sitting behind screens and judging other people um, for trying to put their message out into the world and um, being negative about that simply because they can, because they're safe behind a screen. Mm. So I think it goes both ways. I think, you know, our social media feeds can feed into our views of ourselves and our self-worth, but also, um, it, you know, I constantly see the internet used in cruel and unkind ways where people are sitting in their dark little spaces behind their screen and just spewing out judgment upon other people because they can. Mm. There was something that we discussed a little bit and you were saying how we need to be mindful of our own judgment as sometimes it can be tempting to tear other people down because of Mm. the discomfort it causes within us. Do you want to talk more on that? Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes that Uh, other people do well can make us look in the mirror in a not so kind way at ourselves and sometimes if we lapse into an automatic response to that our response can be to tear that person down now whether or not we do it openly so whether or not we type a comment that's negative towards that person on a screen or say something um to their face that um could be quite hurtful or whether it's just something that happens in our head I think one of the things that sometimes can become habitual is tearing other people down to try to make ourselves feel a bit better Mm. so and I think it's important to note that because some self-analysis here is important because we all have a responsibility in terms of what we put out into the world and when we're feeling hurt and inferior and damaged in some way um it can feel like the answer is to lash out or to act out towards um, whatever is making us feel not good enough. Mm. And yet all that does is perpetuate the 
uh, lack of kindness and the negativity and uh, create a space where there's conflict rather than where there's people taking responsibility for their own thoughts and feelings. Mm. Yeah, and as you were saying that, I don't know if I'm going to say this quote properly, but I've seen it floating around on Instagram before or social media. The quote was something along the lines of, we're not responsible for what other people think about us. However, when someone launches a personal attack in person or online, I think that's a little bit different. But if we can learn to not take it personally and just allow them to have their point of view and just really know that if we're on on path and we're putting stuff out into the world that is true for us, then it really doesn't matter what anyone else thinks because we feel good doing what we do. And unless we're hurting somebody, then, you know, I don't think those negative comments or the the people that are trying to pull us down need to take up residence in our mind. Yes, I totally agree. And I think to your point, um, it's important to come back to, we do have a responsibility for our how we communicate our own opinions mm. um, and we have responsibility to stop and think, is it really necessary? Do you have to make that comment? Like what's it adding to the world mm. if you go and negatively judge someone in a public forum? Um, and so I think it, it's important to self-regulate in that way. So somebody might have made you angry or you might um, you might have been hurt by something they posted and I'm not saying that... Um, healthy discussion is not a useful thing and Mm. you can't participate in that. I'm just saying when we stoop to cruel jibes or making something a personal attack, who's that really helping? Yeah. So I think in terms of judgment, particularly online, particularly if we're in a space where we're putting out a message or we're being creative and just simply trying to um, live courageously when it comes to putting um, positive work out into the world, when you're receiving judgment around that, it's about evaluating is this a troll, number one? Yeah. <laughs> and if it is a troll, then that person's probably sitting behind a keyboard somewhere projecting their own lack of self-worth onto you. Yeah. Um, and therefore, is your best use of time and energy to engage or is it to just let it go and delete? Mm. And generally, any judgment that you receive, how are you going to take that? And I would suggest to take it with a huge grain of salt, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about compassion because I think in my mind that is the antidote for judgment. Mm, I agree. I really like this word compassion. I don't know what it is, but whenever I see it, it just kind of melts my heart. I think it's such a beautiful word and I think maybe it's so beautiful to me because of what it stands for. What does compassion mean to you? I just feel like it's a hug in a word. Yeah, um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a... It's a Compassion for me is almost a a, a softness. It's yes. a, a space where we can reach out and we can give to others in an emotional way that allows them to land softly no matter what's happening. And and also when obviously we can turn that around to self-compassion yeah. and I mean exactly the same thing. With self-compassion, you give yourself somewhere soft to land in yeah. a world that is full of hard spaces. That's very beautiful. I like that very much. And I really like the hug in a word because that is the feeling, like I was saying, you know, about my heart, that is the feeling that it is. And I think the more compassionate we can be, the kinder the world will be. And the more compassionate we can be with ourselves, 
when we go through the challenges, I think it's just going to make it so much easier to get to the other side of that challenge. All right. So our topic for today is coming to a close, but I think something I just want to recap over is to, whenever you're offering judgment to other people, let's try to do it in a compassionate and a constructive way. And, you know, you've mentioned this to me before and only if it's asked for. I think to give people unsolicited advice or feedback doesn't always necessarily positively impact their life. I agree. I think it's important that we remember that it's very easy to be a critic when you're sitting on the sidelines. Mm, That's right. So you've got to be in the game if you want to provide some constructive feedback. That's right. Also to our listeners, if you do enjoy listening to this podcast, please do leave us a rating on iTunes because we would really appreciate that. And you can also leave us a comment too. We'd love to read your lovely comments. Yes, we do. And but before we finish up, Mon, we often end the podcast by mentioning something that's happening for either of us. And I've been dominant in the last few months. We're now up to episode four and I'm pretty sure we've spoken about me at the end of every episode so far. So because this is not the Rebecca Ray show um, (laughs) and I don't just want to constantly rave on about my book, I think one of the things that's really important is that our listeners also get to know you just as well as me. Um, So can you just give us a couple of words about what you do and where people can find you? Yeah, sure. So I work with people and help them to really get clear about their personal story, their personal brand and expressing their message. And I do this through copywriting or writing their bios or working with them in terms of their speaking, or you can also work with me privately where we can work on expressing your message and getting clear around it. And if you want to find out more about what I do, you can just find me at monicacade.com. That's excellent. And I can say that you've been instrumental in helping me to do exactly that and work out uh, the clarification behind the messages I'm putting into the world because you're such an amazing question asker. So there's something about knowing that you must have the answers inside, but it really takes a certain person to ask the right questions, I guess, to be able to access those answers. So thank you for helping me in that way. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, I do believe, I truly, truly believe that every single person has the answer within them. And then sometimes you just need a little bit of help in facilitating that out. So that is part of what I love to do. And you're great at it. Thanks, Beck. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to our episode and we will see you again next month. Bye.